Good morning and Happy New Year. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. My name is Dana from DAS Financial Aid Consulting Services. Today's podcast, we are going to focus on transferring from one institution to another so that there are no surprises. When you're transferring from a four-year college to another four-year college with a similar program, there will be impacts to your aid but it will not be as big of an impact as it would be if you were going from a four-year college to say now a two-year college, or if you were gonna change to a uh, trade school um, that only offers certificate programs. So today we're gonna focus on a few things that you need to know um, regarding how this uh, change could affect your um, current situation with your financial aid. For an example, um, if you are a student who um, for the first semester, um, you were attending a four-year school, um, figured that it wasn't your cup of tea, which is fine, those things happen. Um, you need to talk to your financial aid advisor sooner rather than later at your current institution if you have in fact made the decision to be uh, to start the process I should say of transferring from one school to another. Uh, the reason for this is is because the institution um, that you're currently attending and the department has on file linked with your social security number and where the aid has currently gone to, will need to be um, determined whether or not some of that um, or a portion of the aid that's already been received needs to be returned to the department. So that it'll be a credit for the award year to your account. Because currently what has happened is, is we're just gonna use an example of a student that is fully eligible for Pell Grant, meaning when you filled out the application, the FAFSA, you ended up with what they call a zero EFC, estimated family contribution, which means that you were eligible to receive a full Pell Grant of $6,195, $3,500 in a subloan. And if you're a dependent student without a plus denial, a plus loan denial, meaning your parent got denied a plus loan, it would be 2000 in an unsub. Half of that money would have already been used for your fall semester. So $3,097 of your Pell Grant, or it could be $3,098 of your Pell Grant, depending on how your school disperses the funds, could have been used of the $6,195 you were eligible to receive, as well as $1,750 of your subloan money for the current award year could have already been used at your prior institute, at your current institution, I should say. And then 1,000 of your unsub money would have been used. So if it is determined by your financial aid uh, department at your current institution that that whole entire amount of money is able to be retained at the school. 
when you transfer to your new institution, you only have that remaining half to work with. The other part that you're going to want to um, kind of get an understanding on of the process is that if you are going to um, a two-year school from a four-year school, or if you're going to a school that, again, is a trade school um, that only has certificate programs, your sub-usage limit could have already been exhausted if you're going into a certificate program, meaning that now all of it would need to be a, uh, with regards to, would need to be used um, as an unsub. So you'd have to be awarded all with the unsub, the remaining unsub that you have. Um, I actually have uh, an individual online right now that's asking if they can call in. And yes, uh, you can um, call, call in if you like. Um, and uh, we'll uh, go from there. Hello, Daisy. How are you? I'm good. Good. My name is My Dana. Name is Dana. I'm Hi. From Hi, how are you? <laughs> Can I tell you something? Sure. There's a school near me, like we live right next to it, like it's down the street. Mm -hmm. And we live in Albion. It's like the worst town to live in. I wouldn't even call it a town. It's just like it's so bad. And at our school, in the middle school, um, there was these kids who wanted to blow it up. And now they got in trouble by the police. And now there's threats on, on the sh social media of kids wanting to threaten everyone. But luckily, oh, yeah. I'm homeschooled. Oh well, that well, that's that's a good thing for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Wow, I'm really sorry to hear that all that's going on um, in your area. Uh, I have to admit that uh, when I was your age, I uh, never had to worry about anything like you all have to worry about now. Like we um, lived um, in so many different states because. Um, um, our real father, he, um, he is in the Air Force, so he got stationed everywhere, but, yeah, like, yeah. we've had schools that are really bad, but this is the worst one so far. Like, it's terrible. Like, we've lived in Italy, Alaska, um, we went to Georgia, we lived in Florida, we uh -huh. lived in, like, it was just everywhere. We went, we lived in Utah, uh -huh. like, and now I live in New York, and I'm just staying here. Like, but it's crazy. But this is the worst school I've ever, ever been to. And like, sometimes I just get scared, and like, I sleep by a window. And sometimes I'm just afraid somebody will just walk up to our house because we have a really nice big house, and like, we live in a good neighborhood, and like, the mayor lives in this neighborhood, but he doesn't do anything. And so, like, pe I'm afraid that people will come and rob us because there's actually, like, been people robbing people in this neighborhood. And, like, we're trying to move out of here. But yeah. it's really hard. Wow. 
Wow, I'm really, um, really sorry to hear that all that's going on um, in your area. But on a positive note, where Yay, positive. all of the all of the areas that you have lived in have given you such an experience, correct? Yes. Like so, my, go ahead. My sister used to get bullied. Like I'm the tough one in the family. Like. We have a lot of girls, and they're, like, into girly things and stuff, but I'm the only one who, like, like I, I despise pink. Like, I'm sorry if you like pink, but I just don't like it. Like, I love blue. Yeah. So, like, I play soccer and stuff, but my sister kept getting bullied because she's, she's just, like, a little petite little girl, and she's, like, one year younger than me. Mm-hmm. And, like, I literally have to defend her all the time. And, like, it's so scary because I don't want her getting hurt. But now we're homeschooled, and so, like, I just thank God for that. Yes. I think that's a, a great option. And to be honest, in the um, current uh, field that I'm in, which is financial aid for colleges um, and technical schools, I have found that there are quite a few students that are being homeschooled, um, more so than I think a lot of folks realize in the yeah. United States. Um, and I know for a fact that my um, nieces um who live out of state currently, they are being homeschooled as well. They actually live in Florida um, and Florida is a unique area in itself um, where the school systems, the way they're ran. And it just got to the point where my brother was so frustrated with how things were being ran within the system that like with your parents, they decided to take it upon themselves to homeschool their children, which Mm -hmm. I find which I find is a little heartbreaking in a way because all of us as a nation collectively are funding our public schools with our taxpayer dollars. Um, And here we're not even able to utilize our own school systems because of one thing or another. Um, and, And I think things need to get back to some sort of uh, resemblance of uh, unity, if you will, where we need to just unify ourselves um, in order yeah. to be able to educate our uh, children. But my question to you is, Is have you thought about going to college? Um, well, I'm like really big. I like, like, I think animals are the number one thing in my life. Like I need an animal. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to get a dog. I'm saving up for a dog. Like you don't probably won't know what this is. I tat. It's really complicated, but mm-hmm. you can search it up or something. So I tat a lot and mm-hmm. like, I try to sell money so I can get a dog because I just want to like, when I grow up, I want to go into college and I want to rescue animals. Well, that's a great idea. So have you considered talking with your parents and maybe um, volunteering at a rescue shelter? Yeah, there's actually, there's a rescue shelter, like, down the road from us. And, like, uh-huh. my mom's like, I'll call in there and maybe you can help out. And I was like, oh, yes! That would be cool. That would be cool. The other thing you might want to also look into um, as a suggestion is when I was younger, I was in 4-H, and yeah. it's an agricultural-based uh, um, 
club. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, yeah. I'm really sorry, but my phone is about to die. Do you mind if I just follow you and the next time you live cast, I can just call in? You most certainly can. You most love certainly you. can. Love awesome. you too. Yeah, you have a great day, okay? Bye. Bye, hon. So, uh, a little bit about what we were just discussing. Um, anybody can feel free to call in. I'm uh, currently working um, on today's topic, which is what students should know um, before transferring to from their current school to a new school. Um, but if folks want to call in and, and discuss something else in the education realm, by all means, feel free to do so. Um, so to get back on track, uh, with regards to um, funding and your financial aid when you're transferring from one school to another, you just want to be careful um, if, it, with regards to uh, your programs. Because every loan that is originated and awarded has a start date and an end date for the particular loan period. And it also has what they call an academic year start date and an academic year end date. Now, typically, if you're in a traditional four-year school, your start date for your loan period and your academic year is gonna be the same, as well as the loan period end date and academic year end date. And again, this is just for the loans, okay? If you go from the example that we're using, the four-year college, and you go down to a two-year college or a technical school, trade school, um, for a certificate program, the academic year end date cannot be adjusted. So if it started in September and it's running to May, so September 2019, and it's running to May, of 2020, whatever date that falls in in May of 2020, that academic year end date cannot change. So what that means is, is that when you start at your new institution, let's just throw it out there that it'll be Monday, 1-6, okay? You're gonna have an overlap and start date with the current academic year that's running which would limit you with the amount of loans that can be awarded for the remaining academic year that you are currently in, that again, began back in September. So to go back to the example that we were using earlier, if you have already received half of your 3,500 in sub, which is 1750, and half of your $2,000 in unsub, which is 1,000, you will only have 1750 and $1,000. So $2,750 to start at your new school until the academic year ends on that specific date in May, okay? So you're gonna be limited to your funds and that is why it is important that you talk to your financial aid advisor just to get a handle on where you currently are with what your eligibility is. 
a lot of times when I am processing um, files, I um, run into this a lot. And it's more so because the files that I'm reviewing are typically for those certificate programs. Um, and with regards to those programs, again, it's just limiting you on the aid. It's not, it's not stating that you, you aren't going to be able to get full aid. It's just you're going to get it in different chunks, if you will, or disbursements. Um, so again, I encourage you to be open with your financial aid advisor. There is nothing wrong with going into the aid advisor and telling them, look, this is not your cup of tea because with the amount of what schools going to college is costing nowadays, you have to remember this is your money, okay? This is your money that you're responsible for and you need to be able to understand the process. And there is no question that is, quote, a stupid question, only the one that has never been asked, okay? You need to remember that throughout your entire life. If you got a question, you need to ask it, and you're afraid to ask it because you think you're going to come off as maybe looking a little uneducated or, quote, stupid, just pull up your bootstraps and ask the question, because I'm going to tell you right now that more times than not, there's probably somebody sitting there waiting to ask the same, wanting to ask the same question and won't ask it for the same reason. So be a leader, not a follower, and ask the question so that you understand what's going on. Um, with regards to the um, return to Title IV money that I had briefly touched on, when you talk to your financial aid advisor about the possibility of transferring, the, the uh, return to Title IV worksheet is um, a pretty simple worksheet that um, if you make an appointment with your financial aid advisor, they should be able to have that completed for you um, and waiting to go over with you if you've scheduled the appointment. If you're just a drop-in, they may not have time to um, do it right away, meaning on the fly. If they do, great, and they'll be able to go over it with you. If not, then um, make sure that you keep keep um, in contact with them to make sure that you know you understand again how much of that aid they may be able to retain or they may be sending back. Um, and just in a little, uh, I'm sorry, a little FYI, um, the money that will go back first will be your unsub then the subloan and Pell would be the last because Pell grant is again an entitlement, which is free money that you do not have to pay back. But if for some reason with the way things worked out um, with your attendance um, for that first semester, uh, there may be money going back, which is a good thing again, because that's a credit that you will be um, receiving and being able to use at the new institution that you're looking to, to go into. Um, one other thing you might want to keep in mind is that if um, and when you do transfer to your new institution, depending on how many times you have started to go to school, life happened, you had to quit going to school, 
or again, you were enrolled in school and it wasn't your cup of tea, wasn't what you thought it was going to be. So now you want to go into something else that you find more interesting or, you know, sparks your interest and is something that you really want to do. There is a possibility when you do um, enroll at the new institution, your file from the department will be flagged for what they call unusual enrollment history. And this was implemented a few years back by the department. Um, and I'm just going to put it out there. The reason why they implemented it was because of school jumping. There are individuals out there that would attend an institution for a certain period of time to get the disbursement of Pell Grant money. And then they would quit going to that institution, enroll at another institution, get the next disbursement of Pell Grant money, and it went on and on and on and on in this cycle. The department decided that they were going to rein it in um, by coding the files. And so that's how we ended up with Pell unusual uh, enrollment history flags. And we also ended up with the um, Pell lifetime eligibility usage flag. So uh, what that all entails is, is that if your financial aid advisor at your new institution contacts you and says, hey, you know, we've got everything um, set up for your financial aid. Um, I just need you to meet with me to go over what you're eligible to receive. It could potentially um, mean that your file is flagged and what you're going to need to do is provide them with a transcript from your prior institution. Um, and confirm your enrollment history. Why is it unusual? Is it because uh, there was something that major happened in your in your life that you know is an acceptable reason for why you have enrolled so many times or you have the unusual enrollment history? If that's the case, your financial aid advisor makes the determination and uh, says you know you're all set. You can retain your aid and you're good to go. If the financial aid advisor though can't make the determination, and one of the reasons why they might not be able to make the determination is because they need your transcript. And your prior institution says, I'm not gonna, we can't release the transcript until you give us the money that is owed because there may be a balance owed. And they can hold that transcript. And you can look at it as them holding it hostage until they get paid, however you want to do it. But it is their right to hold the information until they get the balance owed. So you just need to work out a payment plan with them if you're in that situation. Most schools are very flexible with that. Um, if for some reason they're not willing to be flexible, um, which I would find highly unusual, um, you just need to be creative in how to get the uh, resources that you need to pay off the debt load that um, or the balance that is owed to the institution so you can get your transcript. Without that transcript, the school, uh, current school you're trying to enroll in cannot make the determination that your unusual enrollment history is justifiable. 
which means that then the file can't go forward and you will not be able to receive aid on the file. And that could jeopardize you enrolling in the in new institution that you're going to. So again, you just wanna make sure that you're staying in the know with uh, the decisions that you're making with regards to your financial aid and your schooling. So with having said that, I want to thank y'all for tuning in to today's uh, podcast and um, feel free to send questions uh, to me directly. Um, uh, my email address is danderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N at D-A-S, financial aid consulting services.com. And I look forward to having you listen in to next week's podcast, um, which we will probably be going over the new award year um, again, because that's going to be ramping up um, for the 2020-2021 award year. So have everybody have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you soon.